Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we're here back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. Tonight, I got Mr. Todd Brooks, T. Brookie in the house. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Um, yeah, just kind of starting that countdown to football season right now. You got my dogs playing about uh, what, 52 days. I'm, I'm counting down almost to the exact day and uh, ready for the Falcons to get kicked off, too. You know, kind of in a sports lull right now because the Hawks are finished. They went a lot further than anybody even thought. And the Braves, I just haven't been very good this year. So I'm kind of, yeah. And, and Ronald Acuna's hurt now. So yeah, Acuna's hurt now. Yeah. They're at the All Star break. They're four, four back. It's just not a pretty scene right now. And Atlanta United is, uh, you know, they're not as, the magic's not there. So yeah, I totally agree that this is, we're going to enter a lull here. But what better time to look back at all the happenings that happened? The happenings that happened, all the happenings of the Atlanta Falcons since our last recording. I mean, the Julio Jones trade is the giant, you know, elephant in the room that we haven't um, haven't discussed. So uh, we'll start there. Okay. Yeah. So Julio gets traded to Tennessee, and what did they get in return? And they got us. Did they get a second of? third round for the next two years or something like that. Maybe next year is a second and next year is a third. Yes. I believe they got. Yeah. It was picks. Um, it was a player. It was picks. Yeah, it, it was picks. And, but yeah, I understand why that happened because um, you never were going to get a first round pick because yeah. Atlanta was not in an advantage an advantageous situation. They were just trying to make cap space and they were desperate to trade Julio. So they were, the trade was never going to be in their advantage. I think they did good getting what they got. I, I think that's fine. Um, I just think they needed to free up that cap space so they could sign their uh, rookie draft class. Yeah, that was, um, and it took a while for them to, to nail down, get everybody signed. I think, I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts was the, was the last person signed, but um, so they got right here. Julio Jones trade, Tennessee um, got received a second round pick in 2022 and a fourth round pick. No, the Falcons received from Tennessee a second round pick and a fourth round pick in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So they got picks and now this, the way it all went down, I think everybody kind of had some missteps. If you, if you ask my opinion. So in the beginning, like way before the Julio Jones trade and even before Julio trade, Julio Jones getting a new contract with three years left on this deal, Arthur blank says, ah, that, um, Julio will be a Falcon for life. Right. 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 He, he, he cornered himself. He pigeoned himself, pigeonholed himself into a box of now Julio has leverage. He can ask for whatever he want because we want to keep him around. And I don't know how, like, you know, how all that works really behind the closed doors, but, um, and then he, you know, Julio starts holding out for camp and they give him a three year, you know, they, they redo his deal and everybody's scared. It was going to set a precedent. Um, but, no one else has done that. I don't think around the league. And, and so they really have been bidding over backwards to try to keep Julio, 
you know, happy contract wise of making him the highest paid and then the highest paid again. And which we could talk about whether you deserve it or not, but um, that's just kind of the market, but they've decided to go the top of the market. And then after all of that, the drama comes to a head with obviously Julio Jones going on the air with uh, Shannon Sharp of all people and getting a personal phone call from Shannon Sharp on air. And then they had that, the conversation. So um, there's a lot of missteps in that and everybody could handle it a little better, but, and that's what happened. All the leverage went out of the door when he said, when Julio Jones said, Hey, I'm out of here, brother. Then everybody knew that Julio is quote unquote disgruntled and we, now the price has gone down. Right. So, um, yep. I don't know what, how do you, what, what are your thoughts on the trade? Like what, what, I don't know. It's hard to process. Sorry. Right. Well, I mean, you may recall, you know, last season when we were, we were talking about, you know, potentials for the upcoming year, you know, one of the things that we talked about was either trading Ryan or Julio or both of them. And, and so I always knew in the back of my mind that it was probably one of those two guys that was going to go because Thomas Dimitrov, and he was just desperate there at the end. He was just signing guys to I mean, desperation contracts is what I would say, just trying to salvage something. But the NFL is a, is a quantity slash quality league. You've got to have the picks. You have to have enough of flexibility in your salary cap to be successful. If you start getting into – uh, salary cap situation where you can't move pieces, then you're in trouble. And, and that's where the Falcons really, they got themselves in that situation. They weren't able to sign anybody else because they had so much money committed to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. So the way I say it, it, it was inevitable that one of the two would have to go. And it just really depended on the regime that was coming in, you know, how they felt about, did they want to rebuild starting with a brand new quarterback or do they want to keep, Julio Jones. And so ultimately what the regime decided is that Matt Ryan was more valuable than Julio. So they didn't draft a quarterback. Now we're just going to go out there with what we already have. They, they signed another quarterback. They signed AJ uh, McCarron and um, Felipe and, Franks, I guess, technically too. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if he'll make the roster. I mean, that's, that's the thing you have to look out for too. And he'll, I, I imagine he'll probably be on the practice squad, but we'll see. Right. We'll see how that works out. I don't think he'll be on the active roster. I don't think he'll be holding the clipboard on Sunday or anything. Um, they probably just need him for practice. And so ultimately the regime decided, you know, Matt Ryan is more important. We can shop Julio. And I think ultimately it was probably a good decision just because of the fact that Julio has spent much of the last two seasons injured. And I do feel like that we have a number one receiver now with Calvin Ridley. When Julio didn't play last year, Calvin starred. So I, I think we're going to be okay in that department. Yes. Um, and I think too, that, you know, I've read every post there is that, you know, who is going to go somewhere else and have a thousand yard thousand yards and, you know, 10, 15 touch or 10, 10 to 12 touchdowns. I just don't think that's the case. Um, I don't either Stan. I agree with you. Cause what did, what did Julio say? Like when he was talking about, he wanted to be traded. He wanted to be traded to a team that had a quarterback with a cannon arm. Well, he's going to Tennessee now. 
And and by the way, they're the team in the league that runs the ball the most. They don't even pass a whole lot in comparison to other teams in the league. So I can see, you know, if he does remain healthy all year, I can see his stats being way down because he doesn't really have a legitimate star quarterback that can get the ball in his hands on a consistent basis. Yeah, I don't. The opportunities are not going to be there. His attempts are going to go down. His yard. I mean, everything. I think. He's going to have one of his worst seasons, uninjured seasons of his career. I mean, because because he's been so productive, like as in a consistent basis. Not you know, wishing him having a horrible. I don't think he's going to have a horrible year, but I just don't think he's going to have the gaudy numbers that he did in Atlanta. Yeah, but he's not going to be the guy he was in Atlanta. Is the is the point you're making? I'm 100. It's a hot take, but I 100 agree with that. I mean, wow. Okay, we agree on a hot take. <laughs> We do. We do. I don't normally agree with you, Stan, but I agree with you at this That's why we're that's why we're friends. Um yeah. And so your your overall mentality is that it was a good trade for Atlanta. It's good, you know. Did I think it was a good trade for Atlanta, but I think it was a bad trade for Tennessee. I, I just don't think they're gonna get what they want to get out of that. I could be wrong, but but right. and we'll see. But I what, think that's the case. What about for Julio? What kind of trade is uh, for Julio? It's a bad trade for Julio but for the reasons we just talked about. Okay, maybe it was a good trade for Tennessee as far as getting a pure talent, but the question for Julio is can he stay healthy for all, all season? And like I said, Julio was wanting to go to a franchise with a cannon arm. They had a quarterback with a cannon arm, and he's getting the exact opposite of what he wanted. So I don't think it's going to be – I think he's going to probably miss Matt Ryan at the end of the day before all this is over. Yeah, I agree. And I – um. And I agree with your previous take that Calvin Ridley is, you know, we all hashed it out and they should have took Justin Fields. And, you know, this was, this had to have been in the works for a long time for Tennessee, maybe not a long time, but they knew the front office knew going forward that there's a real chance we'll trade Julio. And so they went Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts, dude, I am very optimistic about Kyle Pitts. We, can we talk about, Real quick, I know we're doing like a revisionist history type thing, but like, what are your expectations of Kyle Pitts? Like, maybe not like, you know, specific touchdowns to yards or whatever, but like, what what are your expectations for the rookie? Tight end. I think he's, he's listed as tight end still, right? Is that. Yeah, okay. And so, um, you know, I watch Kyle Pitts a lot in college because I watch a lot of SEC football and. Uh, Kyle Pitts was probably one of the most incredible talents in the SEC. I think that this guy could come out and I think he could actually have a good case to be rookie of the year this year. Like that's how I think he could have that productive of the season. I think it was a great pick for Atlanta. I could see him being the next big tight end in the league. Um, And just because he's got the sheer, like he's a big guy, he can block, but then he's also a pass catcher. He can be used as as another receiving option. Um, and Atlanta hasn't really had that option at tight end in a long time. Tony G. Um, even even he was in the twilight of his career. Um, Austin Hooper really kind of lived, you know, in 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 16, 17, really have developed. He got paid too. But yes, they haven't had a legit freak of nature at the tight end spot in a long, long time. Uh, I totally agree with that take. And their rookie of the year. <sighs> Yeah, I could see it happening. I don't expect it to happen, but I could see it happening. Dude, if you watch those, I mean, if you go back and watch um, that Florida game, and I can't even, I don't even remember which which game it was, but if you, dude, he had one catch, and if you squint and sit back from the TV a little bit, it looks just like Julio. Like, yeah. 
you know, like exactly. It's like he looks like it's ridiculous. And um, big body, willing to block, maybe not the strength of his repertoire, but we don't, dude, man, get out there and get open, baby. I mean, yeah, Georgia had a good defense, and he just ripped Georgia apart in that game in Jacksonville this past year. Was, yep. Um, yeah, I think he got hurt in that game later on, though, and so Georgia kind of came back a little bit, but he. He he is a supreme talent. Nobody could cover him. It was right. because of his size. I mean, his, his, it's unbelievable. He was not only did he have a lot of size, but he was extremely fast too. So I don't know the Falcons are really going to miss Julio as much as a lot of maybe casual fans would expect. Because I, I I think we've drafted a dynamic weapon. That, I, I expect him to be really good. Maybe it'll be a bust, but I think he's going to be really good. Falcons have a good history of like surprisingly like good value picks, like. Say like the Calvin really thing. He was like what twenty three something around there. Yeah, uh, you know he was just on the board. Like, uh, we'll take Ridley. It's like, well, right. you don't really need it. So like that was, uh, you know, that has worked out. He's an elite route runner. I think he there's some kind of list. It's list season right now. I think he missed the list of top ten slot ride receivers or something. I don't know, but he's gonna. I think he'll have a great year, and he's gonna be a tough tough time to he's gonna be a tough matchup um but he's gonna get all the attention you know so we'll see how that shakes out but i'm super excited about um kyle pitts and and um calvin ridley um we need to shift to i know we're kind of looking we're gonna look ahead like in this little segment here to what our expectations of are going forward with the um some players and and the coaching staff, so we we can go over that. Um, starting with players is um, Mike Davis, man. What what are your expectations um, for Mike Davis? See, I don't really have a lot of expectations for Mike Davis. I think he is an upgrade from what we had previously. But I, you know, and, and maybe with Arthur Smith being the head coach, maybe he's just going to have some really awesome numbers because Arthur Smith obviously likes to run the ball, but. Davis, yeah, he was Carolina, like he was the best runner in Carolina. But if you go and look at his overall numbers, they're not overly impressive. Um, I would have like preferred to have drafted a running back in the draft and then gotten something. That's the one position I thought we really missed on. It's almost like we just didn't even try to draft a running back. I thought for sure we would draft one. And, you know, my guy, ETN, he was gone in the first round, Jacksonville took him to be Trevor Lawrence's teammate. Right. And reunite the two. Um, so I think that may have thrown, cause I think they probably did have designs on ETN and then it just, you know, they're like, wow, first round for this guy. Uh, yeah. they're, they're reaching a little bit, but I think ETN would be a good player in the NFL. But I, I, you know, then it got down to the North Carolina guys. And once we were done with that, it was all the good backs that were in the draft. Like everybody else was kind of a chance. And yeah. I um, so I guess the Falcons, do what I could. Yeah, I would have taken a chance on like Trey Sermon or something, but you know, I think, I mean, it was kind of a testament to like what their visions were. They're trying to fix the interior interior of the scene. So, I mean, they went small yeah. offensive linemen in that spot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, offensive linemen that they drafted a lot of defense in the middle rounds, and I mean, I think that's probably what they needed to do because like, they defense definitely needed some improving. Yeah, for sure. And uh they get picked up the safety Richie Grant. I'm I'm excited to see him. Um Yeah, now, you know, Richie Grant, you know, I I was not very I, I think he'll be a good player, 
But I thought that's a guy you probably could have ended up with later. You know, I wanted Ojolari from Georgia. And that yeah. I wanted the linebacker from Not, Georgia. And, yeah. And, you know, because I, I thought we still needed to have a guy that could put some pressure. And Ojolari, I thought, was the guy that could do that. And we just still didn't. Still don't have one. Hey, what about Ju- that? What yeah. about Justin Houston? Have you heard the Justin Houston's uh, stuff that he could potentially be coming to Atlanta as a free agent? No, I haven't heard that. Yeah. So I that was, you know. Couple couple weeks back, but yeah, there's they still have a void that needs to be filled. But with Dean, the addition to Dean Peace, and you hear all of his interviews that he's been doing, that you know, when they ask him, does he play? You know, the famous quote: "Do they play three four or four three? He just says yes. So he does blitz a lot. He's known for being blitzer, maybe corner blitz and linebacker blitz. So maybe he's gonna fabricate pass rush through blitzing, which seems yeah. You know, I don't know if it seems sustainable, but I guess it's, you know, you can disguise who's coming and who's not. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's, that's true. I, I, and that's what I thought the whole time. I mean, you know, at least if you're not going to get a linebacker, that, that bona fide pass rush or, or get a defensive lineman, then if you're drafting good defensive backs, maybe you send those guys more often and put some some pressure on the QB. I thought that was probably the best way to go. If you weren't going to just draft that bonafide guy and, and the Falcons didn't, but I have hopes that maybe eventually they will. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, well, the draft was, well, you have to admit this. The draft was better than it had been in a long time though. I, I think the draft was good. I, that was wait, the first good draft the Falcons have had. So okay. Years. So you're talking about like the, the Falcons draft in general. I yeah. thought you were talking about, I, I was going to say, I was literally just about to say that the, this draft was weak in pass rushing department, in my opinion. It was weak in that. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Um, so we got a couple of players of just expectations. We've gone through Kyle Pitts, Mike Davis. Not here. I mean, is anybody else that you <laughs> can think of, like have expectations for maybe you've a uh, different player? I don't know. Um, well, I, I mean, I have expectations. I really want to see what's going to happen with a lot of these, uh, this Mayfield in particular, the lineman that we yep. took, I, I want to see what he's going to do. And if he's going to be a, a guy who's going to be able to start from day one, like I think he can, um, I thought that was a good pick. Uh, I'd like to see what Richie Grant's going to do. I mean, those are probably the two players I would have my designs on just looking at things early. Your second and your what, third round pick position battles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And then, you know, the second year players, I would be, you know, excited to see if, uh, you know, AJ my, Terrell does something. Huh? 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 If, if AJ Terrell continues to play well, if, um, you know, Michael Walker takes another step, um, you know, uh, I can't even think of, I think Hennessy might be on. <laughs> I had really high hopes for him, but uh, he didn't show us much last year. But it's also too, you know, you got another offseason for development and, and a new regime. I think we've seen that with our our hometown Atlanta Hawks that a regime change and a, a a coaching change in from a coach who could potentially be overwhelmed to a coach that is has is has done it or what name and I has done it in Arthur Smith, but in a competent coach, I think could, you could see lifting up the roster of playing to their potential. So I'm, I'm excited to see um, this coaching staff and how they handle the, the squad. I am too. Um, yeah. I, I, 
I still have to say about Arthur Smith, you know, that wasn't the guy that I wanted. Oh, um, goodness. For I, us, you I know, totally I'm, forgot you were, uh, you were a Joe Brady guy. They, I was Joe Brady all the way. I wanted Joe Brady. You know, I was actually talking with Chris Bailey today, and we were talking about Joe Brady, and we both wanted Joe Brady. Um, I think I was so, I, I was on um, Eric Bieniemy for a while, and then he didn't even end up with a job anywhere, did, which is weird. It's yeah, we could talk about that later. That's weird. And uh, Urban Meyer over Eric Bieniemy, isn't that something? Yeah. That isn't that something? And what does Urban Meyer do, go and do? Hire, you know, he goes and signs a, a tight end, <laughs> tight end that's <laughs> never played tight end in his life. You know what? I think he should be a professional tight end. Oh, sweet. Uh, I've never played tight end. Uh, it doesn't matter. Come on in. Yeah, Tim Tebow is an interesting story by himself because that guy's just been on a roller coaster ride ever since he left Florida. So he was at Florida. Then he went to the Denver Broncos, you know, had some pretty mediocre seasons, but did lead the team to the playoffs. Yep. And and then, you know, playoff, I think he got a playoff win in overtime, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Then he gets traded to what the Patriots, and then he does nothing. And then I think he went on another roster somewhere else. I can't remember where anymore. And he got cut. So then he decides, I want to play professional baseball. Right. And he goes and plays with the Mets for a while. Yeah. Uh, they're minor, they're minor league system. Never breaks triple A, but Brings lots of fans into the uh, the arena and the, the, the stadium. I think all the while he was in the booth somewhere. I think he yeah. was running SEC Network. He SEC did Network. the SEC Network. He uh, they have a pregame show that comes on before college football on Saturday. It's called SEC Nation, and so he was uh, he was a commentator on there. Yeah, all while Studio making host. money, making money. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he's had he's had an interesting career path for sure. Um, so, uh, let's do this. What, which coach or between the head from between Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith and Dean Pease, who uh, are you most excited to see the fruits of their labor? Who will have more success? Maybe not more success, but like, who are you more excited to see what they do with this roster? I'm more excited to see what Terry Fontenot is going to do than I am anybody else because that general manager has been a weakness for the Falcons for a long time. Like I don't remember them really ever having a strong general manager and Fontenot could really be a difference maker. Cause I mean, the Falcons have gone, you know, come and gone. They could argue who's the best coach in Falcons history. They've had coaches that were good, you know, like, um, you know, uh, let me think what I'm trying to say. Dan Reeves was good. You know, he led him to the Super Bowl. Mike um, they had some success with Mike Smith. Mike Smith was, was probably the best coach. I still think he was the best coach in Falcons history. I mean, they had success with Dan Quinn for a couple of years before things just unraveled. But I don't, I don't think it was all his fault. I think a lot of it had to do with the general manager, manager. deal too. And then, I mean, we had some success with Mora too. I mean, you know, he led the team oh, yeah. to playoffs a couple of times. So it's not like the Falcons haven't had good coaches, but general manager always seems to have been a weak spot. Like when Rich McKay was in charge, I don't even remember us doing a whole lot that was really strong. Um, you know, we got lucky when Dan Reeves, well, I don't even remember who the general manager was by then. When Dan Reeves was the head coach, we got lucky going to the Super Bowl that one year. There's nothing special the the general manager did. Right. Um, we just it was just a team coming together at the right time and mission. Getting hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 two, the the Falcons did a weird thing. I think we talked about this in the past. That they did a weird thing where they had three general managers, you know, making decisions. And it's mm-hmm. like, like you said, it's never been a strength. A weapon, 
excuse me, it's never been a weapon for the Falcons. So I think he's made some prudent moves. He's, you know, looked at some things with some, like some fresh eyes. And I think he's going to, I think Terry Fontenot could potentially be a good one, man. And he's been a part, he's been around for a long time with um, the saints down, down 75 or 85. Yeah. And the draft is the single most important thing for NFL teams every year. It's the single most important event because the teams that have been most successful in the NFL have built from the draft. So you, you know, you've heard me talk about the Patriots before Patriots. They built their entire team from the draft during those Tom Brady years. Kansas city has mostly built from the draft since over the last three or four years. Um, you know, they got some, uh, bonafide college star quarterback. They've gotten some guys from Georgia, you know, gotten a, a star tight end. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah. yeah, that's been very key for them you know, drafting very good players, players that at times may seem like a risk, but end up coming to fruition to be a, a star in the league. Um, yeah. Cause I, even with Mahomes, like I didn't know how good of a quarterback he would be in the pros, but I think, you know, they, they found a gym and he might be an all timer by the time it's all over, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, the, and then the saints, you know, they have literally like, they have not been near as good on offense the last three years, Drew Brees, you know, you, you saw he was coming toward the end of his career. They could barely pass the ball anymore, but their defense, they drafted guys on defense that were very key and kept them in game. So their sure. defense has been very athletic and that they, you know, so even when they were fading from having an elite level quarterback, they've even found guys, uh, even when Drew Brees was out, that was able to lead the team but now they need to go back and try to find a star quarterback. So uh, I've, I've really admired their drafting over the years. For sure. Um, so my answer would be um, Dean Pease. I'm excited to see the what he does with an empty cupboard because we can pretty much say that there's, what, four, maybe four key guys on the, on the defensive side that are, you know, hey, they're pretty good, and the rest of them are like, who knows? And so, you know, you got Taloti Mariner starting. You've never heard of him before. You, you got a guy from a D1 college playing. There's a lot of like mixed match parts and patched together. But, you know, you got Debo, you got uh, Grady, and I would say Foyer Lucan has really established himself. And I would mm-hmm. say AJ Terrell on the back end has really is, is, yeah. It's a is a solid piece, but anything outside yeah. of that, we're gonna have question marks of. So who's gonna right. if Dante Fowler? Are, are we going? Is is Dean Pease gonna be able to breathe life into Dante Fowler's career again, or into to resurrect what would have been of this you know deal that he has pinned? So um, I, yeah, I'm excited to see and if he could scheme to the strength of his team to look at his team, you know in a 30,000 foot view and say, well, they run really fast and they're kind of small. We should play like that. So. Well, let's have Grady. Um, and, and, and that's, that's certainly important. I mean, the guy, you know, still plays hard on every down. So I, I think, you know, that's going to still help having him as a key piece on the defense too. I would expect them to be better this year, regardless of what happens. Cause the defense has really had what three, bad years in a row. Yep. Like three really bad years in a row. So I, I think the only way to go is up at this point. I don't think they're going to be worse than what they were before. Dean Pease is a good D coordinator. He'll get them going. That, uh, and that's another thing. I like talk to people at, you know, wherever I go, like quick trip or whatever, and they're wearing like a Falcons hat or something. So you think they're going to be any better this year? It's like, 
I hope so. Dude, four and twelve is like hard to do again. I you know, if they go eight and whatever the math is now, eight and it'll be eight and nine this year. If they go eight double their wins, you know, that's a success. Well, yeah, and honestly, as far as the division goes, too, I think every team in the division is questionable other than Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay should be your clear heavy favorite right. to win the South. But everybody else has kind of been the same mix, I think. You know, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, like I don't really see any advantage that any one of those teams has over the other. I mean, New Orleans has broken down a new quarterback. They could be in a two-quarterback system. You know, Winston's going to be the guy. Um, he, he might. But then, yeah, I thought it was weird last year, like when uh, New Orleans was playing Atlanta, that he didn't play. And they went with the other guy instead. That was and a we, weird situation. We talked the whole way, like, no, there's no way. There's no way. They have to start. They have to. And then we were all completely wrong. <laughs> I was my way. I mean, he held his own in that game, too. But I, I still think it was more about New Orleans and their defense. And their, their defense will definitely have to carry them this year. Yeah, and so yeah, like you said, uh, all three teams in division, other than the uh, the um, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay are really going through, yeah, the, the identity crisis, trying to figure out who they are, trying to find themselves. So it could be, um, I don't know, if they figure it out and they get, you know, they get it rolling, they could surprise some people this year. They got the talent. They've got a talented quarterback. They got some talented receivers, and um, I think they could they could make some noise for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Todd, you got anything else you want to talk to the people about? No, I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered just about everything that uh, we were going to cover tonight. But uh, definitely looking forward to the season. It's going to be a new year, a fresh breath of life for a franchise. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, speaking of that, so what is your like overall like feeling? Let's talk about your feelings, Todd. Lay on the couch. What's your overall emotion towards the season excited uh Stand. cautious i don't know um i mean not my i think the thing with football is that i'm always excited about every new season because with nfl no matter what we might think will happen um it often does not work out that way right and that's a good thing in the that's- case of the falcons because you know you go back and you look at uh previous seasons you go back and look at you know, two years in particular, I think the 98 season, nobody would have anticipated the Falcons would go to the Super Bowl that year. I think a lot of people thought they might you know, win 10, 11 games. Nobody thought they would go 14 and two and go to the Super Bowl and, and end up losing to Denver. Uh, and another thing, 2008 is a good example. You know, everybody had the Falcons pick to finish last in the NFC South. They uh, started Matt Ryan for the first time in his career in that first game with Detroit. And just dominated that game, and and the Falcons ended up winning what eleven games that year. Yep. So you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, we right now we have Tampa Bay penciled in to be in first re- place. Right, it's a repeat. But but for all we know, they might have got aged so much over the last nine months that when you get to the football season, they might end up being the four and twelve team this year. Maybe the Falcons are set there at twelve and four. We don't know. And then that's the beauty of breaking in a new football season because you just, especially a new regime. I like last year, I fully expected what happened. I mean, I thought the Falcons maybe had a chance by the playoffs. But then once we got off of that terrible start, I knew we were done for after the pretty much the second week, I knew we were done. Yeah. And, and 
Quinn got fired and then they started winning some stuff and you're like, what is happening? Well, y'all need to pick one. I was like, why are we, are we, are we floundering here? Are we trying to go for the playoff spot? So, um, I don't, I, I totally agree that it's the beginning of football and this time of year coming up, I guess in coming up in August and all that, it's an exciting time. I, that's my, that's my, Atlanta Falcons, like my overall emotion is, man, I am pumped to see this new, new regime. Like you said, to see how they're going to handle it. Is it going to be the same old Falcons or are they going to have some swag? Are they going to have discipline? Are they going to be held accountable? This guy stinks. Let's sit him on the bench. Let's get someone else in here. You know that yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that true accountability. We've talked about that before too, but I, I really enjoy that and true competition. So I'm excited, man. And we'll, Hey, I'd like to do uh, another stay tuned. We'll do another episode next week, probably the same day. We'll probably do it on a Wednesday night and post it up Thursday morning. And uh, we'll, we'll go from here. We'll try to, we're going to get on a consistent schedule from here to, to training camp and we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated guys. Anything else you got to say to the people? Thank you for joining us, Todd. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, go Falcons. Looking forward to a great football season. Just looking forward to football season in general. I'm counting down the days. Like I said, yes. counting down the days. Welcoming, welcoming back football. Um, if you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and uh, like us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And until next time, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up.